There's a place here at the table Your coats go by the door You can kick your shoes off in that pile on the floor I hope you wore elastic Cause your waistband's gonna get tight Take time's done, we're having a night Hi! Hello! Hi! Hi! <laughs> We're here. It's Ari and Sophie. Thanks for introducing me, Ari. And you're listening to Having a Night, Reviving the Lost Art of the Dinner Party. Still getting used to saying our new catchphrase, but I like it. Good job. Let's just jump right into it because our guest this week is so exciting and um, makes me really hungry. So what did you eat this week? I am back in Chicago visiting my family, which I think a lot of the listeners know. Um, I had my sisters over for dinner last night, fully vaccinated. Everyone is. I'm Yoda. (laughs) Fully vaccinated. Everyone is. Pretty vaccinated. Um, Everyone is. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And we made, I made the Zuni Zuni Cafe Roast Chicken, famous okay. uh, Zuni Cafe in uh, San Francisco. It's You roast, you salt a chicken. I salted it for two days. It has to be a small chicken. It has to be a whole fryer, which is, I think, like some, I think it's like less than three pounds, um, technically. it's I didn't know this, but a whole fryer is different than a whole roaster. And whole fryers used to be more common at the grocery store. It's a weight thing because people used to just fry whole chickens at home uh, more oh. frequently and they just don't now. And so usually the smaller birds are cut up into parts. But if you ask your butcher, if you can't, if you don't see any in the display case, you, you can ask your butcher and they might, they might have some in the back. So you're saying when we, like, if we get just a packet of thighs, that is often from a whole Fryer, not from mm-hmm. a whole roast. Wow. Okay. Yeah. But they're same breed, just they're bred to be smaller. I don't know if they're bred to be smaller. They just are smaller. Like the smaller ones, yeah, go one way, and the the larger ones go the other way. Anywho, so you roast that up after salting it for two days, which just helps the skin get super crispy. You put preheat the oven to like four seventy five with a pan in it, and then it, no oil. It just plops right in there, start sizzling. You get so much jus and it's pretty amazing. But then my sister, Marissa, who is a baker, who everyone who listens to the show frequently knows, um, we had obviously a bunch of her bread dropped off here, like immediately first thing we did when we got to Chicago. Mm. So we used kind of the oldest loaf from a few days ago, still delicious, but um, you make like some big croutons with it. And then you make a big panzanella with scallions and currants and some fresh baby greens. I threw in some fennel and you warm that up and then the chicken goes on top of that. And it's just divine period. So good. I weirdly, I'm like, so not a, um, you know, fruits in my bread salad person, but the currants really make it special. Yeah. I love it. A little bit of zip. Yeah. What about you? What did you eat this week? Thank you for asking. I was up in Provincetown this past weekend, which was so lovely. Hi, Seth. If you're listening, thank you so much for having us. Hi, Seth. Um, First of all, the water up there is so beautiful. I always think of the Atlantic and the East Coast as being like very, not that the water looks muddy, but that like it's not clear, like you can't see through it. But for some reason, the water out there, it's so blue. It's so clear. So I went skinny dipping, which was really fun. Wow. You were wild. Not what I ate this week though, but there's a (laughs) restaurant there called Sal's, which apparently is like, it's the famous P-Town place. 
I guess it's usually on the beach, but for COVID, I guess they were doing like a, they took over a, a restaurant or a pop-up or something. And I just had mm-hmm. such a good linguine alla vongole. Oh my God. Extremely garlicky, which wow. I, I like mm. when things are very garlicky. I know some people are like, I think a lot of people don't like the way they smell or taste after, mm-hmm. but like to me, the actual flavor of garlic is so yummy that it just outweighs all of the cons. The pros outweigh the cons for me. So very okay, garlic. Hot take. Very, is that a hot take though? I don't know. It has, it doesn't destroy It's. I think it is known to destroy some people's digestive systems. This is fair. This is fair. I mean, I'm not saying I don't get acid reflux ever from it, but (laughs) again, the pros outweigh the cons. Pros outweigh the cons. Got it. I know where you stand on the garlic issue. So very garlicky, very, but also like really clammy. Like, you know, when you can just really taste that flavor of the clams, Mm -hmm. not just when you bite into the clams, but like it's in the sauce so much. Mm -hmm. So I ate that and it was just really joyous. And then, as I told you, I took an edible and it knocked me out and I woke up so paranoid. And this is just a note to our listeners. Don't do that at home. Don't, well, you were, okay. I didn't know you were going to get into this, but since you did, you took, uh, you woke up at 3am then took more. That's where you went wrong. Why did you do that? I know I did it to myself. I'm just looking for sympathy and I'm trying to give a PSA to all of our listeners out there who might not know how strong an edible can be. Yes, t- start small, people. As as weed becomes legal and more and more places decriminalized, just start small, you know? Start really small. It's anyway. not, you don't want to be where Sophie found herself that morning. No, no. Asking Harry to walk me through meditations to prevent me from having a panic attack. <laughs> oh my God. Speaking of panic attacks... This is a perfect segue into our guest this week, Kim Prince, who runs Hotville Chicken in LA. Guys, she's from the Prince family, which is the family that invented Nashville hot chicken. I mean, that's a big fucking deal. Big deal. She's like truly culinary royalty, hot chicken royalty. I mean, this family, we won't give anything away because she explains it's uh, her history. It's so beautiful. It's her family and hilarious. But she, I, I don't know if I've ever salivated as much during an interview. Oh, it's like crazy. But I also want to say that the reason why I thought a panic, oh, yeah, panic. attack was a good segue is True. because it sounds like some of these chickens that she makes. So she has one that's called, she'll get into it, but it's called a toe tag where it's so spicy that it took a guy two hours to eat one wing. Like, mm-hmm. I, two hours. I mean, <laughs> the hiccups, the water, the sweat, the, I mean, just the drama of this chicken. Yep. Yeah, it is. It is a full body dramatic experience with, you know, a real plot. The twists and turns, the times you have to go to the bathroom. I'm sorry. That did actually feature kind of heavily in this episode. So it does. I mean, if you're going to serve people food, that's going to burn through their digestive system. I think you become pretty intimate with, you know, you have to be knowledgeable about the, the entire experience of of your, of the food you're giving people. But yes, we talked to Kim. We talk all about her her family, the the restaurant she opened up, how she's continuing this long tradition. Uh, yeah, she's just such a joy. Shout out to Jen Harris for yes. recommending that we talk to Kim. Thank you so yep. much, Jen. She's such a fantastic interviewee. So, so without further ado, here is Kim Prince. Here we are with Kim Prince from Hotville Chicken. 
in Los Angeles, could not be more excited. Yes. Kim was just getting into the fact that like, she is from the first family of Nashville hot chicken. So give us a little bit of the history and tell us a little bit about what exactly hot chicken is. We know what it is, but we got to hear it from the horse's mouth. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Nashville hot chicken is a spicy fried chicken. All right. So it's just not fried chicken. Put that to the side. So it's marinated and it's in, it's in the brine. It's in the flour. So Nashville hot chicken isn't just your run-of-the-mill fried chicken. It's Nashville hot chicken. And that's why it's got the food genre all to itself. So my great-great-uncle Thornton, tall, dark, and handsome man, <laughs> along with his brothers, my great-grandfather Boyd Prince was one of them. And all of the Prince men were handsome. And they all were <laughs> women around them. And they're, ooh, Thornton, ooh, boy, lots of women around them. And I have, I've heard so many wonderful stories and other stories that make me kind of go, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the women that ran around them, they, there was a mistress who got back at my uncle, my great uncle for carousing and being out a little too late one night. So she cooked his favorite meal, fried chicken, and she put this spicy concoction in it and on it. and. He loved it. And she <laughs> said he make it again and again. And he she made it for the brothers. And the brothers perfected that process and created a business called the Barbecue Hot Chicken Shack in 1936 wow. in Nashville, Tennessee, a segregated part of town with like Jim Crow laws and the Great Depression and all that stuff was happening in the middle of the 30s, right? Mm-hmm. And they just had the audacity to open up a business. Now, mind you, before that, the Prince men and the sisters, they had a mortuary, they had a, a hearse or a limousine service, mm-hmm. they had a hair salon, tea room, and they ran a farm. And so all those businesses that they were, uh, it was like an entrepreneurial spirit that just kind of like lives in our veins. Mm-hmm. And that business is still kicking today. Oh In the 80s, my aunt changed the name to Princess Hot Chicken Shack. So most people know of Princess Hot Chicken Shack. But we changed the name because she wanted it to reflect the legacy of the family name. And I think that was really, really important for my aunt Andre Prince to do. And I started working in the business when I was eight, but it was a, a woman's uh, revenge on wow. it. That's the thing started. I also can't believe that like a woman's revenge ended up like making a family business. It's so great. She's like, oh no, I totally screwed up. <laughs> she must have just not made it hot enough, I guess. Well, was she trying to make it too hot or was she trying to win him over? She was trying to get back at him. So she was trying to make it like so hot it would burn his mouth, but he loved it. But he loved it. Right. <laughs> she wanted to so put him in the, she to put him in the you know, we you know phrasing you know you're in the, you're in a dog house. So it's like she was right. putting him in the hen house, but which was like, well, don't put him in the hen house. He's in there with all the other chickens. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, it was a lucrative business because not only did they have you know, the, the black patrons that lived in that part of town, which was predominantly black, but they also 
garnered all of the interest from politicians, all mm-hmm. the elected officials would come, and all these country music artists and the recording artists that would come through Nashville. It was not far from Music Row, the original location. And so, you know, just in the proximity, I don't know if y'all have ever been to Nashville, but we weren't far yeah. from Vanderbilt University and all mm-hmm. the hospitals in that area. And so, they um, kept that door open. And uh, as I've been told, it was known as a late night spot. So people came and ate chicken to the wee hours of the morning, like three, four, five o'clock in the morning. You could get Nashville hot chicken. And they had to move out of the house where they started into one restaurant location, into another restaurant location and keep expanding their square footage because there were so many people that wanted it. And I'm told that you could smell the chicken up to two miles away. Oh, oh my God. God. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I've got big shoes to fill here in yeah. L.A. And I've been told that people can smell our chicken when they're coming down the road. So that's a good thing. That's <laughs> I, don't I don't know about the two mile part. <laughs> so how did you decide to go to LA? Did chicken bring you to LA or did you come to LA and then you were like, they need a hot filled chicken? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, I did 22 years in the television and production industry. Uh, so actually TV brought me back to LA a couple of times. So this mm-hmm. is like my third move back to Los Angeles from Nashville. Mm-hmm. So in 2013, I came back, but I also had the blessing from my family to open up a hot chicken shack. So I needed that nod in 2013 to actually pull off what I'm doing right now. Uh, we endeavored to have a different name so we can roll out a new brand identity. Mm-hmm. So I can, you know, cause I have intentions on rolling out a little faster. I don't want to take, I don't need to take 80 years right. to have more education. And so uh, we put it under another identity in order, which is hot filled chicken. So we could do a couple more moves. Yeah. So uh, we'll see, but it was a little bit of both. It was chicken and Hollywood, all of my names. <laughs> That's, That's right. Back to the, <laughs> the two best things. Who, who comes to LA and you don't get a little bit of the little Tinseltown fever? Mm-hmm. It's just kind of comes. It's in the water. And, yeah. you know, it's like you need to get discovered by being in one place or the opportunity is just as wide door. You can't help but walk through it. So um, I like being behind the camera. I did uh, television like development and nice. a lot of like live production and stuff, reality TV and game shows, award shows. I've yeah. worked on a lot of productions. Which yeah. is more high stress, the restaurant business or production? Question. Well, I think y'all can answer that question for me. I'm going to tell you hands down, this restaurant business. <laughs> it's, it's totally, uh, but I love it. I mean, like I, I get so so excited every day, you know, even though it's like physically tiring, there's a lot of fatigue mm-hmm. that sits in there, but yeah. there's something interesting about new customers that you meet every single day. And then the repeat customers that you get, those loyal fans that come all the time. And, and with hot chicken is such a conversation starter anyway, it's addictive. And, you know, when I see somebody walk out, I like, we'll see them again. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's, a, it's a sure thing. And I knew that L.A. was going to catch on. Yeah. And so um, it didn't surprise me. And my father back in the 80s always said L.A. was really, really the perfect spot for introducing the concept. And so my dad did it back in the 80s. He didn't do it as a business, but he did uh, make a lot of hot chicken 
Uh, he did some fe small festivals and served at banquets and faculty meetings at his high school and things like that. And so a lot of people were getting familiar with it by him introducing it. And we would like have it in our bag for lunch. Right. <laughs> I was like, hey, what's that? What's that? Can we try it? <laughs> so back in the 80s, our friends were really interested in it. Uh, and then when I went off to college, I remember my twin sister and I, when we were in college, we would practice making it. Because mm -hmm. natural hot chicken is not something that the family has written down. That was my question. Yeah. It's not an exact science to like, you know, measurements, you know, somebody, I, I see so many people like in culinary schools and I look at recipes online and it gives right. me such a big laugh, a big laugh when I see right. these online tutorials on YouTube. Like, this is how you make natural hot chicken. This oh my God. This is how you make princess hot chicken. And I'm like, I'm in the comments like, no, it ain't. That ain't <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's not it's not a it's not a measured thing. But uh, while I was in college, my sister and I, my parents would come to visit. My twin sister and I would make it for my father, and trust me, we failed many many times. <laughs> He's like, throw that away. I'll make it myself. But <laughs> we as we practice, we got better and better, and we always like studying what my father had in the cabinet. We sit there and like look and gaze at all the spices. And, herbs and things that he had in the cabinet and we we're like how does he make this and we would watch and watch yeah. and you can sit there and watch all day long and it's just yeah that's why I know it's like it's, there's more to Nash pot chicken than just you know you know a little bit of garlic powder and a little bit of onion and a little you right. know it's, it's, it's not that it's deeper than that and so the business there's many businesses out there that are successful at it um, I don't think that the family nor I uh, jumped into it for success or you know high profitability or anything like mm -hmm. that. It's just in our DNA to do it. We're yeah. supposed to be frying chicken. Yeah. We're supposed to be feeding people. And we're supposed to be burning people's mouths and their bellies and their butts. That's <laughs> what we do. And so you know, it's like as I've as I've trained my nephew. And as I'm teaching my daughter, you know, they're not like notebook and paper writing it down. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This is an instinctive thing. That's the only way you're going to get it. And I'll give you the nod when you got it. My dad gave me the nod. He's like, got something to work with now. And that's, it took me years to get there. It took me like almost 15 years wow. plus of trying. That's amazing. <laughs> right. And uh, I'm, I'm grateful uh, for every opportunity to actually work in the business and go back to Nashville and work in the business. And then, you know, and again, I was right there in the middle of it. And it's not something you can just figure out, even though you're around it, like everything was accessible. They don't, it's like not locked up in a cabinet or anywhere, right. anything like that, but you got to get the, the exact measurements. And it's like, your nose has to be so keen. Yeah. It smells right. Do you know it's right after you fry it or do you know it's right with the batter, like, you know, when your dad was like, oh, I can tell you got it right. Is that like, he tasted the batter? Did he smell the batter? Did you fry the chicken? And then he tasted it. I'm like, how will I ever know? <laughs> yeah. You know what? When we're, when we mix the flour, if you don't sneeze three times, that's kind of, that's my rule. If I don't sneeze three times and I know if something's missing, something's oh my God. you know, at, at Highville, me and my nephew, we make it up behind closed doors. So it's just the two of us that get in there and start mixing it. And yeah. then we're like, okay, here you go. It's ready for you. Right. Yeah. 
That makes sense. So, um, so it starts with the marinade and starts with the flour. We something we're the only ones that do it. Yeah. Uh, and that's when we're able to keep it under lock and key. And it's like you can go shopping with me and watch everything that I buy, and mm-hmm. you still would figure it out because it's just a matter of a little bit of this and a little more of that. And those three sneezes. Yes. <laughs> those three sneezes. Three sneezes and a nod. You know, I, I'm, I'm, excited that LA is just warmed up to it and they're they've embraced it they can't really handle hot chicken like hot hot honestly I mean I saw that you have a scale yeah on your menu that it's like well it's basically like are you a wuss or can you handle it how many levels are there there are four levels so we have west coast plain cali mild music city medium and then nashville hot so yes. you go from zero all the way to 12. So it is, it starts at zero, nothing. It's just like plain fried chicken. It's yes. like seasoned, it's really seasoned really well. Yeah. If you don't like spice at all, go West Coast Plain. If you like a little bit of kick and you want to feel a little warmness while it goes down, yeah. go Cali Mild. Because Cali Mild is one pepper blend. That's it. Mm-hmm. One pepper blend. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. 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 Then you go and then medium is a big jump. It goes from like a three, four on Cali Mile to like a seven on the medium. And that's got three pepper blend in it, right? Okay. Then Nashville Hot has a five pepper blend in it. So you go from one pepper to three peppers to five peppers. And that those leaps, we always tell people, we don't suggest you just start your first time. Okay. Hot, we encourage you to go a little lower. Like, okay. God, I would totally be that person. I'd be like, I love heat. I'm getting the, the four, give me the Nashville, but I would like, yeah, have yeah, probably well, see, issues for it really, days. It kind of depends on what you got to do later on that day. Exactly. You know? <laughs> It'll change your schedule. I promise you, you know, yeah. you go high, it's 11 o'clock and you're trying to eat that on your lunch break. You're not going back to work. <laughs> That's why everybody's eating it at 5 a.m. in Nashville is because they're like, then we get into bed and we don't get out of bed (laughs) or we run to the bathroom. (laughs) Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. It was something that, you know, like, um, and I've worked plenty, plenty, plenty of years at the restaurant in Nashville at four o'clock in the morning and the cars are just coming and coming. Mm -hmm. And it was just unbelievable. There was a wait time on it because it's a slow process in frying the chicken. It's not, where you turn it up really high and cook it fast. Yeah. No heating lamps, no heating units to keep your chicken warm. Uh, we're not like those chains with those glowing right. red lights, you know, keeping your chicken hot. Right. <laughs> we're not like that. So original, like real Nashville hot chicken made the right way yeah. doesn't require all that. It's slow process. Mm-hmm. It's going to teach you the art of patience because when you eat it, you're not going to scarf it down real fast. It's an experience like none other. You got to take your time, eat it, get it all over your fingers, under your fingernail beds. <laughs> I'm so hungry <laughs> and I want hot chicken so bad. And I'm, <laughs> where else can we find good Nashville style hot chicken in, in the country if we're not in LA or Nashville? I got some friends out there that do a dang good job making hot chicken. It ain't identical to Prince's. It's not identical to Hotville, but it's darn, it's, it's darn good. And yeah. I, I recommend people like, and they're like, Hey, we're flying to Florida. 
hey, we're flying to Atlanta or I'm going to New York. I'm like, oh, if you're in New York, go to Peaches Hot House. And like, Wait, oh, hold really? on. Yeah. What's it called? Peaches. Peaches. Hot House, right Peaches. by, yeah, in Bed-Stuy. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Go to I Peaches used to live right around there. Yeah, so Peaches Hot House has been around for a long time. You know, there's there's a lot of great chefs that have wonderful restaurants out there that make a good hot bird. Uh, like Sean Brock, you know, he has husk restaurants and he's always making moves. I don't even know what Sean's doing now. I'm like, Sean, where are you? Yeah. Um, but there's other good hot chicken, like in DC there. There's, there's quite yeah, a few, yeah. you know, some people go to um, uh, Royals in Kentucky. Uh, they've got a couple of locations now. Um, you know, there's, you know, here in LA, when I'm not around, when I'm closed, you know, Howlin' Ray is open. Howlin' Ray is owned by Johnny Ray Zone and his wife, Amanda excellent good good people and they make a darn good hot chicken and so you know there there are several out there if you're in arizona go to lolo's chicken and waffles and monroe's hot chicken that's owned by mr larry i always tell people to go see him yeah so go down there and see him and there's you know there's lots of hot chicken all over in canada there's in canada there's like 17 Hot chicken places that have opened up in like the last two years, which is really mind-boggling to me. But it just proves that Nashville hot chicken isn't a trend. It's not one of right. those concepts that's going to be here today and gone tomorrow. Uh, so it's also hot been around yeah. since the 30s, so clearly it's yeah. got staying power. Yeah. Can I just go back really quickly to the actual chilies that you're using? Because I know you might not want to divulge, but like in my head, I'm like, okay, is she using a blend of something like, are you taking fresh chilies and drying them and then grinding them up? Or are you using something that's more like a chili, like, like a Tabasco type of thing? Like how does the the spice element work? She's making a face guys. It's not Tabasco, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's nothing vinegar-based, and I there's see. no nice. bottled preserved liquid. It, there's no uh, oil extra extracts because I know there are some restaurants out there that are using like a oil or extract from peppers. Uh-huh. Uh, it ain't that serious. It really isn't. <laughs> um, it's, it is a dried powder, uh, yeah. a very finely dried powder, but it's not a smoked pepper. So, like for instance, you take a cayenne, which is a red chili pepper, and it's, it's dried and then powdered. Uh, we don't use a smoked pepper, which mm-hmm. actually cools down how spicy uh, or the scoville level. Oh. Yeah, so, but I do use a lot of the hottest peppers that are known uh, or Ghost. registered. Ghost is in it. We have reapers in it. We have cayenne in it. I have scorpion chilies in it and, and some other, a couple of, I can't say, say too much, but... Oh, don't. No yes, of course. Don't have to. There's peppers out there that aren't really uh, registered or known, to, widely known. You can't get it in a grocery store. Right. Um, some of the stuff that's on the shelves in your regular grocery stores, don't buy that. Right. Even if it says Nashville High, don't, don't buy that. It's yeah. just really a waste of your time. Um, you know, when people are like, hey, you know, I live in some rural part of Montana. How can I make hot chicken i'm like well just buy some red cayenne pepper just buy some cayenne pepper i mean it's you're not gonna get this you know scorched behind with it but you'll get (laughs) with it you know back in the 30s they didn't have all these different peppers that they have now you know ghosts and reapers didn't exist 
back then, you know, uh, the ones that I'm mentioning are all new clone peppers. Mm. Oh, cool. Uh, they're breeding the peppers, uh, seedlings and stuff and creating new peppers that are trying to be hot, the hottest pepper on the planet. So uh, there's there's some good ones out there. I mean, like I've, I've got peppers that have been sourced. They come from Africa and they're really, really hot. Um, wow. We handle them with care. Uh, I do not grind this stuff. We don't do it in-house. I wouldn't be able to do it in-house. I mean, yeah, that was my next group. question. Yeah, yeah. I mean, talking about needing a mask, like long yeah. before COVID, we, we were doing the mask thing, wearing goggles and gloves. And yeah. Clothes. Even when the, the fine powder, if it, even if it just gets on our skin, yeah, it, it leaves a mark. <laughs> That's how spicy it is. Oh my god, it leaves Imagine a mark. It. Yeah, yeah, it'll it can it can like just a pepper. Uh, some of the peppers just getting landing on your skin. It it it'll make your skin turn red. You can feel it immediately. Wow. And like uh, get me started. Like when we're washing the dishes and we're like cleaning. We have to be like in the big rubber gloves and everything yeah. because if you just put your hands in the water and you start cleaning those pans that have the pepper paste in it. Yeah. You're, you're, you're literally, you look like you have a measles. It's <laughs> <laughs> your skin gets so red and it burns like throughout the night, your skin is just burning. So we're all gloved up really well. Even when we do the dishes, you would think like having it in water and soap and stuff would help. No, because the oil concentration and the pepper, like all that is a part of the process. So I'm not really impressed when I see people say, hey, you were serving hot chicken. And I see them take like dried spice or dried peppers and they shake it onto your chicken. Right. <laughs> That's not natural hot chicken. I'll just be frank. It's not a dried pepper that you shake on top of your chicken. Right. That, that will never be natural hot chicken. It's in the oil as well. It's in the oil as That's well. so cool. So you have like a plain oil for the people, the wusses who order the level one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So and then, so you have, do you have four different oils, four different levels, or is it just like a spicy yeah. oil and well, a nut? Yeah, we actually have five levels. There's one that's not on the menu called the toe tag. Um, <laughs> it, just, it looks like death. And I have a few people who come in and ask for it because they've heard about it. And they, they don't do too well, like, it's tough to finish. <laughs> I can think of there's these two students at one of the colleges are nearby at USC, two students. Mm -hmm. And um, they came, I will never forget them. They were so funny. And I gave them our toe tag uh, wings. And I was like, I want to see y'all finish this. And they, it took like two hours. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not talking like a whole order. I'm talking about one wing. One wing? It took them two hours to eat one week. Like two hours to finish it. I'm talking like bathroom breaks, the whole yeah. nine. Whole restaurant is watching. <laughs> oh my god! I remember when they when one of them came back another time. I was like, "Hey, how how's your friend doing?" Yeah, he, yeah. So they, he was like, "Oh, we loved it. We love it. We're gonna do it again." And so I, those two students stand out to me because they did try it again. Oh my god! I just that is so funny. I mean, he probably feels like high from it because it's such yeah, a, I feel like it has have, adrenaline. Yeah. Euphoric oh, effects for sure. Like whenever I have super spicy, whether it's Thai food or, or Nashville style fried chicken, it's like the burning. But then you're like, you're like, I start laughing a lot. Like I, I feel like I'm, I took drugs, <laughs> like really good yeah. drugs. Absolutely. Like you, you, you start convulsing, like you, and you don't even realize that you're shaking like that. Like, yeah. 
other people have to let you know, like, oh my God, dude, your leg is shaking or you're, you're trembling. And because you don't know what your body is, how your body is going to react. But literally, like, if you if you come to Highville and you do our Music City Medium, you get uh, uh, the immediate, within seconds, there is a body reaction, oh my God. like the back of your neck, the beads of sweat. It like, as soon as you do that swallow, everything opens up. And then there's a punch later. It's like delayed. Yeah. It's like a delayed reaction that just like, boom, hits you in the back of the throat after you've already swallowed it. And you're like, whoa. And everybody, <laughs> like, they do this leap and they're like, the eyes are bugged out. It's oh. hilarious. <laughs> Um, but uh, to, to my surprise, you know, like it seems like there's some truth to people from different backgrounds or cultures that can handle spice better totally. than others. Totally, totally. you know, uh, people from the Philippines. Yeah. And I, I have a couple customers, you know, there's one guy from like Manila mm-hmm. and he can handle it like easy, no problem at all. Uh, there was a lady from the island. She's like, the Caribbean from the Caribbean mm-hmm. and and she and, and mind you she's a senior she's so she's like 70 plus and yes. I remember coming in and she had fish our fried fish and she wanted it hot and I kept trying to talk her out of it I was really concerned for her yeah she is a regular and she gets hot all the time and so again you know it's like some people are born eating spicy stuff as kids. And so yes. they just have natural uh, kind of like they condition their palate to be able to handle it. Yeah. Um, where they get like an iron cast skillet as a stomach or something. Yeah. What do you usually order? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm in the mild zone. Or plain okay. Yeah. I got a business to run. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when I was younger, I, I would play around in the hot zone. I, you know, medium is, is, is pretty spicy and that would be you know, like where I tap out. Right. But now, oh no, I don't even put a hot crumb in my mouth, let alone a whole wing or a sandwich. I feel like that's a PSA for like any listeners who visit is like, even the <laughs> owner doesn't come to the hottest. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, you'd have to pay me. I'm like, there is a price that I would. I would eat it for some money, but yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, the comments that come back to me about our chicken, no matter what heat level is, it's seasoned really well, it's fried well. Now, one of the things about Nashville Hot Chicken is the way the Prince family makes it. It's not a lot of uh, coating or like breaded, crispy coating on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no buttermilk. There's no buttermilk in it. Uh, we, we don't do it that way. It's not double fried. We mm-hmm. don't like double um, dip it. Right. We don't the- do that. Yeah. So it has like a thinner crust layer on the outside. It has some crust to it. But it was my great great uncle Thornton never intended for his chicken to be like super crispy on the outside. Right. And I see a lot of others doing that. Mm-hmm. But you know, I always tell share that story uh, with people about how my great great uncle Thornton and his brothers did it because they call it the barbecue hot chicken shack for a reason. Mm-hmm. And that's because they had a process of covering the chicken while it fried. And that would make it really moist. Right. And get Moist all the way down to the bone. And then when you would open it and you open your brown paper bag, it was like, I remember like a, like a burst of steam would come out. And then the chicken would just be like falling off the bone. Wow. And so they had this process. Yeah. Oh my and God, so, you know, so they, used, they used iron cast skillets and stuff because they didn't have the deep fryers back then. 
and they didn't mess with it. I remember I can see my father now. They didn't like get over there and poke and turn it and stuff. So when I do cooking demonstrations, I tell people like, put it in there, turn it low. Okay. Turn it low. Um, you know, so we, we fry it like 300 degrees. Oh, wow. Wow. It takes a little longer when you're frying at that temperature. I use hundred percent vegetable oil. They were using pig fat back then. Mm-hmm. Um, some people use peanut oil, which has a higher temperature threshold. So you can mm-hmm. turn your heat if you're using that, but it all depends on the cut of the chicken, whether right. it's got the bone or not. But you always put in like, you put your chicken in if it has a bone in it, put the heavier piece of meat, the meat side down, like on a breast. The weighty part of it, you want to put that in first. Yeah. That. If you're cooking in a skillet, you don't want to keep messing with it. Like turn it down low and then walk away. Yeah. You'll smell, you can smell it. Like my nose is really important to me. Totally. So it's just like just smelling it and you're not going to burn it. You just want to be able to turn it like one time. You should, right. People like poke, 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 poke at it. Don't fuss with it. Just turn it over one time and then let it finish off. Uh, the amount of oil that's in your skillet is going to be determined, or your pan, your frying pan, it's going to be determined by the depth of your frying pan, too. Uh, you won't be able to fully submerge it because it'll all be a big mess. Right, out it's such a mess. Yeah. A frying chicken can be a little messy. If it's popping a lot, probably got too much, like, water in the meat. Yeah. You know, So when you're marinating it, you need it to be wet, but you need to shake, shake off some of that water, too. That's really important. Otherwise the oil and water don't mix. Yeah. So when he hits it, it makes it pop and you're like, oh my God, and you're jumping back or you get like this spray all yeah. over your stove top. And so that's something. So you need to turn the heat down. Yeah, I was like, your oil's up too high. So, you know, people come to me and I'll, I'll be happy. To, like, I want to give you the proprietary part of how we make hot chicken, but I'll give you lots of tips on how to fry your chicken better so you're not wasting your money or ruining you know, a whole pack of chicken, you know? <laughs> exactly. Besides chicken, what else are you guys serving? What are some favorites? What do you love to pair with fried chicken, hot chicken? chicken. Also besides food, like what do you like to drink? Yeah, well, okay. So here's this. With Nashville hot chicken, the other thing that Hotville has on its menu, we have fried fish. So that's like a cornmeal mix. It's totally separate from what we mm. do, the way we do chicken with the flour, mm. but it's gluten-free. I uh, pride myself on like like creating something that other people with food sensitivities or allergies could eat too. Yeah. So uh, fish is a popular go-to. And I uh, also do a vegan sandwich. Uh, nice. So we have a vegan sandwich as well. We call it the not hot chicken sandwich. <laughs> so people who know about it, they'll ask for it. But we marinate it. We marinate it in its own, like it's the same process. But uh, and we have a separate flour for it and everything because all nice. our flour is good. But, you know, I just like, you know, we're trying to like California is different because you kind of you got to appease certain palates. True. Oh, yeah. Please everybody. Can't please everybody. But I can do my best. And a lot of people like that. Uh, you know, we do taquitos. That's fun on our menu because I don't like to waste anything. Mm-hmm. So when we had left chicken. We were deboned. We break it down, chop it up, and then we started making uh, taquitos and tacos with that. Mm. Um, the other fun thing that's our most popular menu item is the chicken sandwich, which is called the Shaw. That's named after Crenshaw Boulevard, and almost to the homage to the area that we're in. And so uh, Crenshaw Boulevard and Martin Luther King Boulevard are across streets, and so people come in and they ask for the Shaw. We make tons of sandwiches all day. Now, the thing that pairs best 
with it, in my opinion, is the barbecue baked bean trio. That's Ooh. vegan and gluten-free, uh, slow-cooked black beans, baked beans, red kidney beans in it, brown sugar. Mm-hmm. So it's sweet. Uh, we got uh, like a molasses in it and we slow cook mm-hmm. it for about two hours before it's ready. And I like it's great. And, you know, from my childhood, I remember the baked beans. It didn't have the other beans in it, but it was just baked beans and uh, pulled pork in it. It was like so, so good. But when I came to L.A. Uh, while I was, you know, training and stuff, I wanted to elevated let me use that word i want yeah. to elevate the dish itself uh and not you know be so identical to uh the menu that my family had in nashville i wanted to do some uh, elevation to some of the menu items and um kale slaw is an excellent thing to eat with hot chicken because you get the roughage from the green cabbage purple cabbage Yes. Uh, you know, I wanted something green. Uh, that too, our kale slaw is vegan and gluten-free as well. Uh, the dressing that we put on it is a vegan gluten-free dressing. It took a little practice to get that one just right, mm-hmm. but it's a very popular cold side that pairs extremely well with hot chicken, whichever yes. heat you want. Uh, plus, you know, when it's time for getting your tummy and break down. Yeah. And the greens help a little yeah. bit. The carrots in it help get it out. <laughs> I like it long, people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you want to get that out. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I call I call our kale slaw like a regulator. It helps. <laughs> yes. Um, the other thing that you must do is, you know, Nashville hot chicken comes with pickles on it. And the dill pickles help with the spice. And it all is, they're just good. I like pickles. And so I've. You know, people always ask, like, why do y'all put pickles on it? I'm like, Uncle Thornton put pickles on it? That's why. So so that's good. Uh, The bread is really, really important. Mm -hmm. Nothing special about the bread. You don't need, you know, know, this fancy brioche or sourdough, Texas. You don't need none of that. Just get you some cheap, Mm -hmm. good old white slice bread, good old sandwich bread. Don't matter what brand it is. I always say the bread kind of coats your stomach. Yeah, it gives it gives all those spices something to uh, place to lay on versus like right up against your intestinal wall. Right, right. <laughs> you gotta like help move it along that regulation thing. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's a very simple meal. You know, hot chicken is an entree. It's a full meal all by itself, not just an mm. entree. It's a meal all by itself. So back home, it's two pieces of bread, chicken, and pickles on top. At Highville, it's two pieces of bread the chicken and two pickles on top. That's it. You know, right. there's, there's no need for all these extra sides. Yeah. And a lot of people are catching on to that. Yeah. You know, people walk in and like, Hey, you know, what does that come with? I'm like, that's all it comes. With. Mm-hmm. Trust me. You don't need a bunch of other stuff. The drinks you asked about. The drinks. Yeah. So, yes. So as the story goes back in the, in the 1930s, the drinks that paired well with Nashville hot chicken Contrary to what most people believe, it was not alcohol. Hmm. Uh, it wasn't beer. It wasn't beer. Hmm. Women Who Whiskey, there's an organization called Women Who Whiskey, right? And so, um, you know, they've come through and they've shared with me the dark rums and bourbons Ooh, with hot chicken. Um, I don't have an alcohol license uh, at Hotville, so we don't serve any alcohol at all. 
uh, no beers, no wines, but um, a lot of people will say, hey, go with some of the dark. So like your bourbons and your rums, whiskey, of course, <laughs> you know, Jack Daniels whiskey, uh, yeah. probably served with hot chicken. You sip slow. It's not something that you just chug down. Now, I will tell you what does go well with it. Fresh brewed iced tea, the mint julep, um, which is would probably do well with it. Lemonade. Yes. In Hotville, we serve an herbal lemonade that has rosemary mint in it. Yeah. Uh, we also have a southern fruit tea, which most people say is like a meal by itself. It's fresh brewed black tea with mango, peaches, and pineapple in it. And it also oh. has a syrup, a syrup from each one of those uh, fruits in it as well. So that one kind of rests a little heavy if you drink that with the hot chicken. But it's sweet and it goes really, really well. The chunks of fruit in the bottom of the cup are like an excellent little dessert to finish it all off. But people, a lot of people say, oh, gosh, I don't want to drink that first because it's really heavy. Right. And we serve Kool-Aid as well. Fun. Good old red Kool-Aid. They're like, what flavor is this? It's red. So they're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Original. <laughs> we sell a lot of that, a lot of bottles of that. And um, then our desserts, um, you know, not that we need desserts, but people that want to like eat something later. Mm-hmm. Our key lime pie is something that you should try. It's fresh key lime pie. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, lemon sour cream pound cake. Cream cheese pound cake. Lemon lime zest pound cake. Oh Those are like go-tos. And I can't keep enough of them. I, they come in and they're gone. I mean, I could listen to you just talk about what's on your menu for three hours. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to come. I will definitely not try the hottest, but... I'm so excited. Yeah, you look like you probably can handle me, you know. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, all the media. Both of you look like you can handle that. I, I'm a profiler. So when people walk in, I'm like, they're going to order the hot, don't give it to them. Yeah, <laughs> that's definitely me. Yeah. So when I, even when I go in the kitchen and I read the ticket, I'm like, I know it says medium, but they can't handle it. So I like go yeah. easy on it. I'll do like a light medium. Oh, nice, nice. On the mild, I'll give them, I'm, they're getting mild, but it's a little heavier version of it. Because uh-huh. it's like, there's a, such a big difference. And I just right. don't want to ruin anybody's day. I want them to come back. Exactly. <laughs> get me some of that hot veal chicken. Yeah, just, but get me like the California mild. Oh, yes, true. True. Because you know I would go in there and be like, no, 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 Sophie, even though we talked to Kim and she told us that she doesn't even eat the hottest, I, I think I can do it. I am <laughs> I delusional. Would. I you're would. delusional and you're also very competitive. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, I need my picture on this wall or whatever it is. Like, I need to get, <laughs> I need sorry, someone I to print out a piece of paper. Competitive. You're no, neither okay. of those things. Well, sorry, I'm you are. a little both. <laughs> I, have, I also just have a um, a, a distorted uh, view of my own heat tolerance. Oh, I think most people do. I feel like people, except for people who are like, oh no, I really only like things mild. I think yeah. other than those people, most people are like, oh yeah, I can handle it until they start eating it. And then they're like, right, this is burning through my insides. I almost have this idea that like the desserts there are like, you have to give yourself a treat for the pain that you endured. Totally. You know, it's like- that's why those pies are so good. Exactly. For my suffering, I deserve yes. you know, a beautiful slice of cold cold pie. 
So true. I wonder, I wonder if it like spikes your metabolism. It must. Like your body's just probably like, I, I, I gotta do something with this. I'm sure like between the adrenaline and right, yeah. I think like the heat does probably spike your metabolism. Oh my God. I'm gonna start oh eating God. a lot of spicy food. I'm only eating hot chicken now. I'm on a hot chicken diet. <laughs> only eat fried chicken. Yeah. Um, Anyway, Bye. guys, what a dream. Kim, thank you so much for coming on. We had so much fun talking with you. If you happen to be listening to this episode, if you didn't want to listen to your own voice, we totally understand. If you are in LA and you haven't already gone to Hotville, please go and report back to us because we are dying to go there. And I would love to hear about your experience so I can live vicariously through you. And we will see you next week for another amazing episode. We have Chef Sheldon Simeon on the show, who you might recognize from Top Chef Season 10, I believe, Seattle. Um, more than uh, one season. More than one season. Voted fan favorite both seasons. What a joy. It's from Hawaii. Hawaii. Yep. And Chip Hour, not next week, but the following. I don't know what that date is off the top of my head, but uh, mm-hmm. two weeks. Wednesday, 28th. Okay. Hey guys, we love you. See you next time. Jesus. I just sign us off. Bye. Okay. <laughs> Bye.